Welcome to Straight from the CPA's Mouth, your connection to the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center, Alberta CPAs, and business professionals. This podcast, presented by the CPA Education Foundation, features Alberta chartered professional accountants and others sharing their expertise and insights on a wide range of topics. Tune in regularly for eye-opening looks on leadership, business, education, and many issues of the day, straight from the CPA's mouth. Before we begin, in honor of the 94 calls to action put forth by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, we'd like to acknowledge that CPA Education Foundation offices are situated on the traditional Treaty 6 and Treaty 7 territories. The Foundation acknowledges that we reside on traditional and ancestral territories of many Indigenous, First Nations, Métis, and Inuit peoples. Their histories and culture influence our community to this day. The CPA Education Foundation is committed to helping build a province where Indigenous peoples and their voices and experiences are heard, valued, respected, and celebrated. Hello and welcome to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. My name is Kevin Spila with the CPA Education Foundation. I am not a CPA, but I am your host for today's episode. Artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, digital assets, ledgers and tokens and blockchains, oh my. All of these futuristic ideas are today's reality, and they have been for a long time. Think social media, our first real experience with artificial intelligence and algorithms that keep showing you all those cute animal videos, even though you only clicked on them once, or online search engines like Google and Bing. And we've all heard about the meteoric rise of chat GPT in recent months. The technology that is here to help us live and work smarter has far-reaching impact, ranging from the seemingly mundane, like how we shop for goods and services, to the complex, such as research into using AI and machine learning models to help diagnose disease or predict the impacts of climate change. Not only are businesses operating in this new world, but they are also increasingly accountable when it comes to reporting on their socially responsible business practices. We've all heard of ESG, or environmental, social, and governance reporting, but how do you actually track your progress? Or how do you prove or validate what you say you've accomplished? That's where AI, blockchain, and the tracking or tokenization of real-world assets like carbon emissions, for example, come in. Joining us to help pull back the curtain and shed some light on this brave new world is digital asset wizard Cody Austin, CPA CMA of Digital Carbon Bank. Welcome, Cody. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Maybe we could get you to first tell our audience about yourself, a little bit about your background, and a little bit about Digital Carbon Bank. Okay. Um, my name is Cody Austin. I uh, started in industry about 15 years ago. Um, I'm a CPA, CMA by trade. I worked uh, for Devon Energy until they were sold to Canadian Natural Resources Limited, and then took a bit of a more entrepreneurship uh, journey and went into um, helping grow a very small joint venture auditing company into an industry leader in Calgary. And it's from there that I took an interest in innovation. Um, I went back and did my MBA in entrepreneurship and innovation. And we looked at how we could optimize some of the work we were doing within that company using uh, systems. So we got really deep into machine learning and um, building out ways to automate what we were doing. And we started a company called Integrity Technology Solutions, which we sold just last year into a company called Digital Carbon Bank, who's using some of that machine learning and AI technology 
um, to validate carbon emissions and offsets. Um, so kind of what you were talking about there with uh, ESG, and that's where the blockchain component comes into play. So um, like I said, I'm, I'm a CPA, but I have atypical path with an entrepreneurship and innovation background. So Cody, maybe you could tell us what is it exactly that Digital Carbon Bank does? Great question. So what Digital Carbon Bank is, is it's a platform that helps organizations manage their carbon emissions more effectively. And we provide a comprehensive solutions for companies to track and reduce their carbon footprint by accurately allocating emission responsibilities, trading carbon credits, and identifying opportunities to minimize tax and related emissions. So we use AI, as we'll probably discuss more in this podcast, machine learning, blockchain, and other technologies to accomplish this. Uh, but really, the biggest thing we do is we track kind of ownership of those offsets through tokenization. Okay. So the best way to kind of do this is look at an example. So if we start with a company who wants to reduce environmental impact and reduce carbon. So they have a technology that, um, let's, let's just start with one that's really interesting to me. It's called direct air capture. Uh, what direct, direct air capture is, is they use very complicated technology to pull carbon out of the air. It's kind of exactly what it seems. So this company may generate 100,000 tons of reductions per year, but it's really complex and difficult to understand how did you pull out 100,000 tons of carbon from the air? Try proving that out, right? Right. So we, we take kind of the validation protocols from the technology, proves that they did this, and then put it into a blockchain database so we can show that those 100,000 tons did exist. They were validated using this methodology. And here's the time that they were created, where they were created, and kind of all the important data that auditors like to see to be able to prove something is real. And each of those tons are kind of then owned by the person who has those technologies. And then they're able to either claim them themselves and you know go to their ESG reporting and say we've sequestered 100,000 tons of carbon this year and here's the proof or if they're already carbon negative and don't need to do that for their ESG reporting they're able to sell to um, companies like say Suncor or CNRL that are on an active mission to reduce their carbon footprint and we can prove to them that this actually did happen so when these companies purchase these carbon emission reductions and eventually ends up in their ESG and sustainability reports, it's proved out that this 100% did happen down to how it was verified, where it occurred, what year, and that no one else has owned it other than the seller has sold it directly to them, they've retired it, and there's no kind of greenwashing that um, unfortunately has really plagued this industry. Right. What do you mean exactly by greenwashing? Okay, so greenwashing is one of the biggest issues right now that's kind of plaguing the ESG and sustainability space. It's where people are trying to sell carbon emissions reductions that really have no value. And when I say they have no value, there's no permanence, there's no real reduction. Um, there's credits on the market where people are basically taking 
you know, a thousand acres of trees and saying, pay me not to cut down these trees. Okay. Which doesn't actually change anything to the climate because there, there's been no additionality for that. Um, worse yet, um, there's a greenwashing concept of kind of from an ownership perspective of, you know, maybe I have good reductions where, you know, we could prove out that they actually reduce the carbon emissions, but instead I sell it to you and then I sell it to six other people. And then all of those people think that they are good actors and have bought those offsets, but really I've sold it six times over. So kind of proof of ownership is a big problem within the industry as well. Okay. And if you, if you kind of read the news late, lately, Delta just got sued for, I think, a billion dollars for claiming that some of the offsets that they have been claiming as a carbon neutral air, airline uh, were garbage offsets. So this is a huge concern to at board level for companies. Right. Um, the directors going, you know, are are very concerned of how they prove out their carbon offsets. Okay. So I guess that's where uh, Digital Carbon Bank comes in, where you can provide that proof and that accounting for for all those offsets. Exactly. So accounting and auditing. So the, the bread and butter of CPAs, that's definitely something that we like to focus on is how do you prove it? Perfect. You and I had first uh, spoken about doing a podcast on this topic several months before ChatGPT really exploded on the scene. Um, maybe before we get into it, uh, for fun, I had asked ChatGPT, what is the difference between cryptocurrency and tokenization? Uh, I won't read the full definition it gave me, but here's what ChatGPT says. Cryptocurrency and tokenization are related concepts in the realm of digital assets, but they have distinct meanings and purposes. Cryptocurrency refers to a type of digital or virtual currency that utilizes cryptography for secure transactions to control the creation of additional units and to verify the transfer of assets. Tokenization is the process of representing real-world or digital assets on a blockchain or distributed ledger as tokens. So... That's a great definition. Makes perfect sense, he says, because he's shaking his head because I have absolutely no idea what that means. Um, but maybe we should uh, start out with some uh, plain language, maybe non-technical definitions or distinctions between some of these these topics. For example, I think when most people who are not immersed in the digital world think of blockchain technology, they likely think of Bitcoin. What's the difference between blockchain and Bitcoin? Okay, excellent question. <laughs> Started off is uh, blockchain is really the foundation on what uh, Bitcoin and um, all the tokenization and kind of everything is built on. Okay. If you think about blockchain as a, a simplistic database, but it's decentralized in the sense that um, no one has control over this database and, and everyone kind of could put a function in it. And if you change the function, the history is shown uh, between what it was, what it changed, and who did it. So what it really does is it eliminates the trust factor of a transaction because you can go back in the history of who did this, who built it, and I don't have to trust your system because we both have access to the same decentralized ledger. Okay. So kind of starting it off is understanding the foundation of what a blockchain is, that it's kind of a decentralized database is kind of really important to understand kind of how Bitcoin works. The Bitcoin, um, it was one of the first uses of blockchain technology that kind of got people interested. 
again, it's a decentralized digital currency. Uh, it started out, ironically, you know, we're all interested in Bitcoin now, but it started in 2009 by an anonymous person uh, that went by the pseudonym uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Okay. And it's one of the most well-known cryptocurrencies, and that's kind of why everyone thinks of Bitcoin when they hear blockchain. Right. But it's built on a blockchain. So it's using blockchain technology to um, create these digital assets. Bitcoin called it mining, which was using computer horsepower to create these hashes of the transactions. They, it's got a limited supply. So when Bitcoin came out, it was capped at 21 million coins. So making it kind of a asset that scarcity is designed into the, the process and to protect against inflation. And again, it's kind of decentralized. So it really was one of the first pu uh, really public use cases of blockchain technology. But Bitcoin is blockchain, but blockchain is not necessarily Bitcoin. Kind of makes sense? Kind of, sure. Now, that, when we talk blockchain technology, how is that different from artificial intelligence or, or are they kind of built in together? Artificial intelligence and blockchain are completely two different technologies, but they're very distinct and have kind of different purposes in the applications. So you, you don't need a blockchain to build AI. What AI really is trained on is using logarithms in programming to use a training data set to be able to make predictions on a new data set. So if you think about, again, blockchain is a database which could contain a lot of data that you could use to train AI models. They, they don't necessarily intersect, but kind of what I'm doing at the Digital Carbon Bank, we do use uh, a blockchain database as part of our models for training AI. One of our previous conversations uh, when we were talking about this podcast, you mentioned that Digital Carbon Bank focuses on digital assets, like attaching a value to carbon emissions so that companies can verify and validate their emissions reductions. So that's where you're using AI and blockchain, right? That's right. And what that kind of brings up is the concept of tokenization versus cryptocurrency. That's where kind of the nuts and bolts of blockchain and its real world purposes kind of took off. Because if, if we go back to the conversation, cryptocurrency is really like a type of digital or virtual currency that operates independently of a central authority. And if you kind of think about it, if money exists only online and you can use it to do things online and eventually transact back to fiat, which is like your government centralized currency. Or tokenization, on the other hand, is really taking a process of doing a transaction in that database that represents a real world asset. So in our case, what we're doing is we're taking tons of carbon emissions and we're making a hash into the blockchain that represents one ton of offset. And what that is is tokenization because then we can track that one ton of offset, how it was created, you know, where it ultimately came out of the system. So for example, if it was a carbon capturing utilization storage project in Alberta, we can go back to the ton from specifically that project, who generated it, how was it validated, who checked on the validation, who owns that offset, and then that allows kind of us the ability to transact it in a sense that you can claim the offset as yourself. So in our case, that'd be called uh, registering as the offset to your company. And that means you can no longer trade it or 
maintain it, you've claimed that offset for that year, or you can sell the offset to someone else who wants to claim it for that year. So the tokenization aspect is a really important thing because it allows us to track assets that you can't touch, like no one can touch uh, a ton of carbon emissions, but we can track it digitally who owns it and prove you're doing what you say you are. So from a CPA auditor perspective, it kind of lets us audit the truth through tokenization. Okay, which I imagine is quite important in today's world with uh, carbon emissions and uh, climate change and all that kind of stuff. So you mentioned that you guys are using databases to kind of teach a an AI model. Do you guys use ChatGPT or a version of it? And just to give your listeners kind of a base understanding, as I'm sure a lot of people have used ChatGPT. Have you tried it out? I have, not uh, very much, but a little bit, and it's it's quite amazing. <laughs> It's it's a really great program because what it takes is kind of knowledge from the internet, structures it, uh, and allows you to ask questions on the data set. Where it can be problematic is uh, what information was done in the training set. So, you know, if there was false information put in, it, it's not going to be able to distinguish um, accuracy. And so there, there is some limitations to chat TPT. Okay. And when you expose your data as a company to ChatGPT, that goes into kind of the learning and training set as well. Okay. So right now, a lot of companies are developing digital policies around their staff not exposing any of their data to ChatGPT of security concerns, and rightfully so. Right. Because if you're putting sensitive information on ChatGPT, you, you can't control where it's going. So... That's kind of the lens that needs to be kind of understood of how that program works. What we use is something very similar to ChatGPT. Our engine's called Athena. It's built on a blockchain. And what blockchain allows us to do is kind of first wall off the data. So we can really control who has access to your data. And with the training models, which is a very important part, we can control what data goes into the training models. So our Athena engine only has accurate government regulations, validation policies, and kind of everything carbon related. So again, we use AI, but it's only a carbon AI related engine. So if you if you ask it questions about who won yesterday's uh, baseball game, it will have absolutely no clue. But if you ask it, uh, what is the best verification protocol for CCUS, that's, you'll be able to get accurate information from that. Okay. How does the CPA profession fit into all this? And how do you think uh, AI and blockchain and the stuff that you're doing at Digital Carbon Bank, how do you think that will shape the uh, CPA profession? I think the, this is going to have massive effects on the CPA profession, um, especially from an AI perspective. I think a lot of people right now are a bit scared of AI from a job security perspective. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we really need to have the professionals with a CPA background looking at the data sources. So CPAs are, are really going to add value with their financial acumen and understanding of kind of how the business works and be able to use kind of AI to make better decisions through data. So I think the CPA profession is going to have a, a large role in this be, just because of uh, the duty for public trust and uh, the training and where they fit within protectors of public information. Mm -hmm. 
But I think it's going to have a huge change of how we conduct our business because we're going to be now looking at CPAs probably auditing the training models and the transactions and how how did that all work into the AI engine. So getting under the hood and kind of providing an audit of the input that went into an AI engine. That that's just something I could kind of see happening in the future. Right. As CPAs as kind of like stewards of trust. Right. And probably a lot more technical than most CPAs would uh, would be aware of right now. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a bit in the future, but it's definitely like a skill set match. Right. Especially if you're going to be using AI on uh, data uh, to, to generate numbers or financials from it, the CPAs could then kind of audit how it was created. Right. So um, it's going to take a lot of training. Um, how can CPAs and candidates keep up with this digital landscape? Since it, I mean, it's changing at such a rapid rate. And like you mentioned, like the public trust is is quite important. So how can CPAs keep up? First thing I'd recommend is try it out. Uh, try the AI engines, learn how they work, uh, do the research, kind of understand uh, how everything's working. You know what? You know, it's kind of fun. You can even use ChatGPT to learn about these, uh, how the system works, what goes in, what is training models. It, it's a great tool for synthesizing research. And I know CPA has some great training in this area. There's a lot of peer to peer forums that on technology that have came up. Um, I think there's one on AI that's coming up in the fall as well. Uh, so look out to your local CPA chapters for training as well. And make sure you're involved. Do all the research you can. Attend the conferences where this topic is such a hot topic and it's discussed. So you know if you want to stay up with the rapidly changing digital landscape, you, you need to kind of get involved and pay attention. Right. So... Lots on the horizon. The only consistent is change. So. Yeah, ex exactly. So I guess one of the big questions is, what's the end game with all this? What's the one thing that we would like our listeners to know who are our listeners, both CPAs and, and the general public? What do we want them to know about digital assets and AI and tokens and blockchain and all this stuff? Here, Here's something you probably don't expect me to say as so, someone who's made their kind of business and career in technology that uh, don't believe the hype. Okay. A lot of these digital assets, AI, ledgers, and blockchains are fantastic tools. But there's going to be a lot of people that are saying, well, th this blockchain is a solution for this, AI is a solution for this, and trying to basically take any bit of technology to solve a problem that isn't there. So for our listeners, what's really important is to kind of understand are these are tools like any other tool and the important part is how you use them. So using AI in the appropriate way, understanding what its benefits are and understanding its limitations, that's how you can really kind of add value. The same with blockchain, your ledgers, your tokenized assets. Um, you need to really understand what the benefits are and what the limitations are because there is a lot of um, hype out there where they think that this is the solution to everything, mm -hmm. and it's really not. Right. So it's a matter of how do you use these tools in, in the work that you do. Exactly. A tool is only as good as your ability to use it. So understand where its best use cases are and understand its limitations. Right. Yeah, well, it's definitely a changing area and a lot of information for people to keep up on. So like you say, you just need to keep learning and get involved and... and uh, Go from there, I guess. <laughs>
there's a lot of training. So make, make sure you take the training and go to the conferences and get involved and mm-hmm. stay on the cutting edge. Awesome. We could probably do a few episodes on this topic, but I think that probably wraps up our time for today. So thank you again to our guest, Cody Austin, CPA, CMA, for sharing your insights into this uh, world of AI, blockchain, and tokenization and digital assets. And thank you for listening to Straight from the CPA's Mouth, a Heshi CPA Knowledge Center podcast. If you like what you're hearing, have ideas for our future episodes, or have any feedback you'd like to share, email us at knowledgecenter at cpaalberta.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is produced by the CPA Education Foundation, the charitable arm of the CPA profession in Alberta. This podcast is made possible by Brian Heshi, FCPA FCA. Thanks to Brian's generous donation, the foundation created the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center, a virtual hub of resources for all Albertans. Find out more about the foundation and the Knowledge Center at cpaalberta.ca slash foundation.